This is Parks Miller with Podcast 99, bringing you another episode of our Survivor Stories. Today, we have Brett Katz from Facebook. <laughs> um, that's my understanding of you, is that we met on Facebook. Uh, what's up, Brett? How's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. How's things going out there? It's great. It's great. Yeah, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and you are in uh, Winnipeg. Manitoba. Yeah, way up north, man. Way up north. That's awesome, man. Um, thank you so much for being on our little podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. Yeah. Uh, can I, and I was saying Facebook, because I know that's how you are, is is Brett Katz on Facebook. Uh, someone suggested us. I'm, I'm honestly don't remember. Do you remember how you heard about Podcast 99? Uh, it was actually just through the Facebook page, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Woodstock 99 Facebook page. Yeah, the Woodstock page. 99 Facebook right. page. Which is a great resource for, I'm sure, people who went and for me who didn't go, uh, just because there's tons of uh, pictures, tons of anecdotes, uh, lots of stories, and then people are communicating. And I've noticed that just like our podcast has been getting a second life, the uh, Facebook page also now people are debating about the documentaries that come out and kind of, you know, because now there's a renewed interest in it. So it's a, it's a really cool Facebook page. I got to say. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I wouldn't actually found you guys without it, to be honest. That's great. That's like, good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah just tell, telling people stories through there. And then, uh, they said, Oh, you should get on the podcast. I said, well, what podcast, right? And awesome. Then they mentioned you guys and I seen a couple of your links pop up and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Killer. Reach out to you, right? That way. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, let's take me back to 1999. All right. Well, uh, at the time, I was living in Regina, Saskatchewan, actually. Uh, to, actually, if you want to backtrack a little bit here, just so it kind of makes a little sense, because I went to Woodstock on my own, eh? Okay. Cool. Uh, so moving around a bit as a kid, right? Just uh, my parents did a lot of moving with work and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so back in actually 97, I was just finishing up high school and dating, you know, this girl that I had dated throughout high school and everything. And my dad had to get transferred to Winnipeg at the time. Uh, so I figured, you know, I had like a couple months of high school left just to graduate. Right. Right. I said, well, I'm just going to, I'm staying here. Like you guys go, I'm just going to stay here in, in Saskatchewan, finish school. And so I moved into my girlfriend's parents' basement. And so I lived with them for about two years, I guess. Mm -hmm. And this is in 97? Right, so that, was, that was from, yeah, 97 okay. to about 99. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty much on my own up there, right? I got no family, like nobody really, just a couple friends that I have. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been to Canada, uh, but really just the metropolitan Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. You know, and all yeah, those yeah, we're, we're we're in the center here. They're very close to the United States of America. Those are huge kind of metropolitan areas. Um, yeah. So, like Saskatchewan seems extremely far away to me. Oh yeah, it's, me. Uh, there's not much there to be <laughs> yeah, honest, man. <laughs> what was your dad doing? That kind of traveling work that was putting you. Oh, in he, well, he worked there actually for the breweries. For the like what? He was he was an engineer for like the like the Molson breweries, like Molson Canadian beer. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. That's yeah, <laughs> so 
Yeah, I actually, like, I was born in Winnipeg, but then we, he got transferred to Saskatchewan, and then he got transferred back to Winnipeg again, like, all through my school years, right? Okay. And so, yeah, so jumping in 99, right, I'm living in, in Regina, Saskatchewan by myself, pretty much, and what was this girl? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're still young. Like, she was a couple years younger than me, so, I mean, I was just turning 21, mm-hmm. and she was 18 at the time, right? Okay. Uh, so she, she's actually the one that found out about Woodstock. I mean, there was, I think there was commercials on Much Music and everything, uh, you know, promoting it. And I had heard about Woodstock 94. Right. And, like, when I was 16, and I thought, oh, man, that would be just amazing to see, because I was big into Green Day and stuff back then, mm-hmm. Blind Melon and everything. Like, everybody was at 94. But, you know, only being 16, I think I don't even think I had a driver's license at the time. There was no way to even get there. So when 99 popped up and my girlfriend at the time told me about this, I thought, oh, you know, drop of a dime, we're going to this thing, right? Yeah. And uh, so that, that was pretty much it. We, so, I, was, I was dead set on buying tickets the second I heard about it. Absolutely, yeah. So um, so you're going to go with your girlfriend. You're living out kind of out in the middle of nowhere a bit, Saskatchewan. Yeah. Um, 21. Uh, were you working at the time? Uh, at the time, I was doing a warehouse work, yeah. Okay. I just, you know, just I got out of high school there and was working at some warehouse. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, so the way I actually went about t- getting the tickets, because I, I didn't own a credit card or anything, and I'm pretty sure you needed a credit card to get the tickets. So I had uh, driven home to to Winnipeg to, to see my parents for a week. And, you know, just kind of dipped in my dad's wallet one day and borrowed his credit card, you know, oh. unknowingly. Uh, borrowed, and, uh, quote unquote, you'd say. Yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> so then, yeah, I, I think we had AOL back in the like back in '99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I jumped on time. online, right? Like the old, oh, what was it? There was no Google back then, even. But I, I found uh, I found how to buy the tickets online using his credit card. So I kind of just snuck some tickets in, and they would mail you the tickets out, right? Uh, now, obviously, he's gonna see a charge. For what? Yeah, well, uh, I would deal with that later on. Right? <laughs> so, was he pissed, or were you were you able to be like, "But I had a time of my life," you know? Uh, no, yeah, he did. He didn't really uh, didn't really say much. Actually, I can't remember. <laughs> did you? Pay I think him he back? was a little mad, you know, that I kind of scooped his card because like, it was. Right. I mean, it was a hundred fifty dollars tickets, I think, back then. Right. So. so two of them, right? I'm assuming you. Yeah. So and I bought two of them, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you Did you ever pay him back? I don't think i did in love you know yeah in love, in love. yeah just becoming a more well-rounded adult uh exactly from Woodstock 99. cool yeah. so you you did a road trip for a little little uh dip in the wallet i love that yeah um so you get your tickets so, so i mean you're in so i'm assuming you would have been in saskatchewan in regina right is that what i'm saying yeah so after i purchased the tickets like mm. i said i was just visiting my parents at the time so i, so, I went back you're oh, in the good? northern part of, you're in like the north, but you're certainly not in the east, right? So like, what no, it's, it's kind of central. How like, is that above drive? North Dakota? Yeah, like what is that drive looking like? Oh, between Saskatchewan and Winnipeg. No, between. Uh, oh, between there and what document? Yeah, in Rome. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, oh man, that was something else. I think it was like something like, like sixteen hundred miles or something like that. Damn. Could have been further even. Yeah, so like yeah, a couple days. Did you? And sorry, before I get up, was it just the two of you that decided to go? Anyone oh no, no. So, so this is the thing. Like I ended up uh, 
it was, it was a whole ordeal actually after I got these tickets because I went back, you know, to Saskatchewan, and uh, I find out that the the girl I was dating here over the course of, you know, whatever it was, three or four years, she was screwing around with a whole bunch of people, right? So oh. I, I think this was March, probably about March '99. Oh. And so yeah, so we we split like right there. Like I I grabbed the duffel bag, I put whatever I could in it, and I said, well, you know, this is done, right? And I drove back home again, like both drove drove back to my parents' place in Winnipeg. And so here I'm on my own in Winnipeg, right? Like yeah. so that that whole thing split, and I still got two tickets in the mail coming for Woodstock, right? And I'm still stoked. I want to still go to Woodstock, but mm-hmm. you know. First love from high school, you know, it's kind of heartbroken and pissed mm. off the world, right, from that. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I uh, moved into Winnipeg here. I ended up getting a job at uh, one of the casinos here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Woodstock's only two months away at this point, right? Right. So I know nobody. Like, I, I'm brand new city, you know. I, I know no one here. So I'd actually stuck up a flyer on the work bulletin board, just saying, you know, does anyone want a free ticket to Woodstock? help me cover the gas and you got yourself a free ticket, right? Rad. <laughs> yeah. Man. Awesome. So literally like nobody knew who I was. I didn't really know anybody here. Right. And yeah, I was, sorry. The, I imagine a casino, there's like a lot of staff, right? Yeah. Like it's a government run casino up here too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there was something like 5,000 staff there. Oh damn. So like you really yeah. are just posting and there's like a small percentage chance that someone knows who you are. Yeah. Based right. On that post. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So literally, uh, I think it was like the day, a day or two before I was ready to leave, uh, some guy comes up to me and is like, hey, man, my, my roommate will take that ticket. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, right on, right? So I had not even talked to this guy. Like, I don't know who his roommate was or anything, right? <laughs> so I said, okay, man, like, give me his address or whatever, and uh, I'll pick him up like tomorrow, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, so we took off. It was, what's like, it was the 23rd, right? It was the Friday? Uh, yeah, there was a pre-day uh, yes, on there was Thursday. That Thursday day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, I think we had left on the 21st. Like, I just pretty much got up. I drove to this guy's house, never met him a day in my life, eh? Holy shit. Uh, what was yeah, his man, Do you so, care to share his name? or? Uh, it was John. I can't remember his last name, to be honest. Even better. <laughs> mystery friend John. From, yeah, man, from mystery the friend casino, John. From the government... Sanctioned casino bulletin board, roommate yeah. of yeah, that's great. Yeah, he didn't even work at the casino. He was <laughs> yeah. just a roommate of somebody that worked there. Nice, nice. So yeah, I pick him up, and you know, we kind of just met right right there on the spot. He jumps in the car. You didn't even we... do like a let's uh, let's go get a beer before Woodstock or anything. No, nah, bro, no. Man, <laughs> we had to cross uh... the border, right? Damn, that's bold. That yeah, man. Really so <laughs> yeah, we just we, he just jumped in the car. We we just left, right? <laughs> nice. So I nice. said, you know, we'll drive as far as we can. Like we'll, we'll just we'll just keep trucking it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you say, the the drive was just it was unbelievable there. So we're, we're cruising along, cruising along. And I figured, you know, we'll hit Chicago maybe, which is a good twelve hour drive from here. And uh, we, I remember getting to Chicago because we left. I don't know if it was like in the evening, like around dinner time. We we had left Winnipeg. So we get to Chicago, and the sun's already starting to come up, right? Like we drove throughout the night. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of got our second wind, and we're like, man, like, we're just stoked. So we just kept driving, driving, right? We're like, let's, let's just keep going. And somewhere along the lines, I remember hearing there was a Vans Warped Tour in um, Buffalo, New York. So I looked to him, and I says, man, like, I, I can just keep going. Like, let's just go straight to Buffalo. 
right? Nice. Which, I mean, from Winnipeg, that's about a 20, I think 26-hour drive. And we, we did it all the way through, man. Like, the, we only stopped at gas stations, ate gas station food. And, Whoa. you know, that was it. Hard yeah, just yawned it. Wow. So we, we made it to the Warp Tour and stuff, you know. Like, I was a huge fan of Blink-182 at the time, Pennywise, okay. stuff like that. They were all there. Cool. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, what bands were you excited about for Woodstock 99? On the Woodstock line, it was, I, I know a lot of your podcast guys aren't saying that we're in new metal, but I was a huge new metal fan. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was big into Corn, Limp Bizkit. Like, they were in their prime right then, right? So Yeah. Well, no, it's that, actually that was, funny. I mean, me and Ryan definitely loved new metal because we were in sixth grade, so we were like the perfect age for it. Oh, but yeah. I will say it's funny how many of the survivors we've interviewed have been people that are like, I wasn't really there for new metal. And I'm like, this is crazy how many non new metal people we've gotten because it's like, that's what I want. If I was old enough, I would have gone to see Limp Biscuit. Like, that, that would have been it. For oh, me, yeah, man. You know? So. Like that—that that was the main thing, you know. Ice Cube, like I, I definitely had Ice Cube on my list. I wanted to see him. Awesome. Uh, yeah, they're, they're like Corn is the main one though. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was going to—I see, I'd seen Corn. I think it was like in April before I actually literally pulled my ticket stubs out to see. <laughs> oh, nice! But, in, uh, yeah, Canada? I actually seen Corn the first time ever in April of '99, and so I was like, oh yeah, like the, the energy they brought to the shows was just insane. So I thought this is going to be crazy in a festival, right? Right. Right. Awesome. And then uh, John, was he like, yeah, I love new metal too, or was he like, oh, I'm, I want to see like Rusted Root? He was he was going for Rage. I still remember rage. that. He, okay. he was a huge Rage fan. Yeah, couple hard rock he dudes. Went, yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. Nice. So yeah, like um, we'd hit Buffalo, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember we stopped. We grabbed a pizza from some some place, and it was just the greasiest pizza you could ever get, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah, we were there. We actually. The, what is it, the Peace Bridge, I believe it's called, that comes into Canada? Ooh, like I'm not, we, I'm not totally sure. Between Buffalo yeah, there's and a, Canada? Yeah, there's a bridge that'll come like from uh, New York into Canada. So we had actually taken a wrong turn. Mm -hmm. Like, and I went over that bridge. We were looking for a hotel. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, we're fucking going back onto the border. <laughs> right, right. So I had actually turned, I, I did a U-turn right in between the two borders. Mm-hmm. And we're coming back into the States, so I had to cross the United States border again. And I remember going up to the window, and, uh, you know, I explained to the guy, you know, we're just looking for a hotel. I took a wrong turn. Yet, mind you, our, you know, we've been driving for 26 hours, so our eyes are just bloodshot red, you know. Like, mm -hmm. We look like we just smoked a fucking big bowl, right? <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, we uh, ended up getting to that border, and then I remember somebody running up to the window, and they're like, pull them in, pull them in. <laughs> so we get pulled in at the border. We literally got strip searched. They they took the ripped the car apart, you know, looking for drugs or whatever they were looking for. Damn. And and yeah, so did they find that, anything? No, we didn't have anything on okay. us because coming from Canada, I actually kind of obeyed the rules, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that border is very tight. Like I said, I've been to Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver. And they really grill you, and I can only assume it would be the same if you're a Canadian coming in. I See, I played in a band, and sometimes when Canadian bands would come in, they would talk about how much of a hassle it was to get into the U.S. But I think it's funny because, like, Canada and U.S. have always been allies, and, like, to my knowledge, there's been almost zero 
kind of history of animosity whatsoever, but that border feels very intimidating for, oh, a, couple does, of, yeah. a, for a couple of buds, right? Yeah. Well, especially if you're going to Woodstock, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. away, there, you know, red flags probably go off, right? Right, right, right. So you get a hotel room in Buffalo, yeah? Yeah, so we ended up get we ended up getting through after all the strip search and everything, and then uh, we got our hotel in Buffalo. And like I said, we grabbed this pizza or whatever. Uh, John there, he's he's like, okay, I gotta get in the shower because I mean we've been on the road for like, you know, a day and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he jumps in the shower after we ate this pizza, and, and like I'll never forget, it's just like this, it was just downhill from there, right? Oh, okay. All of a sudden, that thing did not agree with me, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, fuck, he's got the door locked in the washroom. I ended up having to take a shit in the garbage can in the hotel. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, dude. bro, like, it was just what? the start of chaos already. Um, so, I, all right, so you take a shit in the trash can, and I mean, I'm assuming it's one of those, like, flimsy plastic trash cans. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. Uh, with the really very thin plastic liner. Yep. You know? Um, oh, you know it. Yeah. So, first off, are you done shitting by the time he comes out of the shower? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I was but, just like, man, I was banging on the door. I was like, you gotta let me in here. And he, so, I'm did, in the shower, you know. Now, I mean, did you bag it up and... Oh, yeah, I, I think I chucked it out. Though. But, like, it still had to smell. Oh, yeah, bro. Like, it, it was yeah. It was not, not a good start. So and we weren't even at Woodstock yet. <laughs> was he, like... What the fuck? My 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 ride is no. A I don't think he. I don't think he even knew to be honest, man. He didn't like, I did, it? No, I just tied it up and I chucked it out the door somewhere. I think what? there was a like a garbage bin or something outside, so I just chucked it in there. Damn. But yeah, okay. I'll never forget that, of course. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this is great because I don't really know what's about to happen in your story, but you're indicating that the pooping in the Buffalo Hotel is the start of a downhill slide. Oh yeah, pun intended. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. let's keep going with it then. Yeah, so okay, so after all this, we finally got a little rest in, and we went to the the warp tour the next day. Damn. And uh, you know that was a whole day thing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fun. You know, there was huge bands there too. Eminem was playing there. I, I don't think he was supposed to be on the bill, but uh, Cypress Hill canceled, so they pulled him in. And I mean, that was before he was big, right? So. Right. That was that was a, that was a lot of fun seeing that. You know, back then. Crazy. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we're not here to talk about the warp tour. Well, but no, no, but that's, I mean, I think you're the first people I've met who have back-to-backed that. So that's July oh, 22nd. Yeah. So you're like, so you're you're going straight from there to Woodstock. I feel like you're going to get, I feel like that's the first, that's so hardcore. I feel like this is the first, uh, yeah, interview I've had. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a music road there. trip, man. Like, yeah. we, we actually stopped in Cleveland along the way to check out the Rock and Roll of Fame, too. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so it was just a straight. The whole road trip was just you know music bound. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, so we did the the whole Vans Warped Tour thing, and like I said, there was some epic bands that that year too. You had Pennywise there, Blink One Eighty Two. Everyone's in their prime. Ice T was there. Right, right. And so we did all that, and actually, that's when I first heard Seven Dust because Seven Dust had played there too. Oh, and then they were I, driving I, I up missed to... Seven Dust. Huh. Oh, yeah, I actually missed Seven Dust at Woodstock, but I had never heard of them before. And okay. I just remember they came out at the bands, and they, he starts belting out Pantera songs, eh? And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, like, this is just amazing. But yeah, so we, once the once the Warp Tour had ended, we didn't have a hotel or anything booked, so we said, you know, I think it was another three hours to to roam from there. So we uh, just said, okay, let's jump in the car, let's just keep going. Like it, it ended about ten o'clock at night or something like that. Damn. Yeah. So we we just. 
figured, okay, let's just straight up hit uh, Woodstocks, at least we're there for the Friday morning, right? Right, right. And so, yeah, we, we bolted there. It, went once, it was funny because once we had left Buffalo, right. the whole highway was like a, a party then. Mm, yeah, just because like, then at that point, it's just people, you're getting really close to sort of the... Yeah, every single car on the highway was just, you know, everyone's hanging out the window, honking, you know, they got the cars painted up. It was it was just nuts. Like, it was just like a party on the highway for, like, hours on end. Damn. And so, yeah, we, we finally get to the gates of Woodstock, though, and, like, it, it took hours to get in there. Like, we were just lined right up, eh? Okay, yeah, so... Are you uh, you making friends at this point, or you're just kind of like what you're just you're just excited, right? Oh, we're just excited. Like we're still just going on pure adrenaline, right? Like this yeah, is the biggest concert already, we've ever been to. You guys have already gotten like very little sleep. It feels like. Oh yeah, no, that's so. the thing. Like we we drove twenty six hours. We did sleep one night in Buffalo, and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, by the time we get yeah get into the gates at Woodstock and everything, I, I don't even know what time it was. Probably three in the morning. You know, this is Friday morning, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so we had to get in. I remember the the gates though were, you know, a lot of people were saying they were searching everything, like searching everybody. Yeah. We we got there. I still remember the 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 peace patrol. They were just like saying free pass, free pass, and they were just letting everybody in, like without even searching us. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I've been, I guess, and not you know, haven't been there, but here hearing like sort of conflicting things. There's there's video evidence of them doing the most sort of remedial search possible barely checking stuff and then um there's a lot of accounts of them confiscating water and food which seems like a profit driven confiscation because they wanted people oh huge you know so but yeah you experienced very little i mean it seemed like a super inexperienced security staff oh big time yeah and like us being you know the smart is that we were, we obeyed the rules and everything. We didn't bring anything with us. Like, we didn't bring any food. We didn't bring any, like, we didn't bring water or anything. Like, I, I literally went with a backpack. Like, I had a well, backpack yeah. with, Did you, with like, a camera in it, some toilet paper, you know, change changes of socks, underwear, and a carton of cigarettes, I think, you know. <laughs> Damn. No tent? Like, that's all I went with. I was a stupid kid, right? <laughs> you guys, did you guys have a tent? I did have a, it was a one-man tent, yeah. Okay. All right. I remember... You had a tent. This guy asked me, do you have a tent? And I'm like, yeah, I have a tent, right? It was like a one-person tent, right? Did he bring a tent? No. No, right. that was it. We were going to share this little one-man tent. We're going to get into it. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> damn, this is so hardcore. Um, so, <laughs> so you get in, no problem. They're yeah, just... get in, get in. I mean, like it took took hours to get in there before right. we got a parking spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're parked like a mile away. It was It was pretty far. But I remember as soon as we had parked, some guy had walked right up to the car. Hey, we're just, you know, pulling pulling our stuff out of the trunk. And he comes up, he pulls this bag of mushrooms out of his pants. Like, it was like the size of a pillowcase. Man. And he said, you guys want some mushrooms? You guys want some mushrooms? So John, he ended up buying some mushrooms off this guy. Took him right there then, right? And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get set up and stuff first before we <laughs> start getting fucked up, right? Yeah, yeah so we, we go in. I found, like, some little spot that... We could pitch our tent out, you know, it was like tents were pretty much touching each other at, at this time already, right? So we had, we had to search for like this little tiny hole in between a bunch of other tents to put mm-hmm. up a little one-man tent. Right, right, right. And then, yeah, we got settled, and John ends up taking off, wandering around. Didn't see the guy the rest of the festival. <laughs> nah, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, like, seems like someone, you're not, you're not friends prior, 
Um, mm. So and we've we've had a lot of those those things where it's like you get into Woodstock together, you separate once, and then that's it. So, oh, that was it. Yeah, like yeah. And, like I didn't see him for the whole three days. Like we we had said, you know, if we get split up or whatever, we'll just meet right back here at the tent, right? Right, but and then he's was, probably like, well, I'm sure if he found any other thing besides a one-person tent to share. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there was a few to share out there, you know? Right, right. <laughs> All right, so now you're back. You're solo again. Yeah, man, I was solo, yeah. Mm-hmm. So was, I don't know, it must have been like five, six in the morning by the time, uh, you know, we finally got settled there. And, uh, yeah, so I tried to get some sleep, right? Because, again, like, we're pretty exhausted already. Uh, so I must have maybe got two two hours of sleep, mm-hmm. you know. And then it, it was so loud there it was you know ridiculous. I think it was up at seven in the morning, right, right. And so I figured, okay, you know, I'm gonna make my way to the front of the stage because Sugar Ray was actually supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was supposed to like be one of the opening acts or something, and he didn't show up, so they got swapped James Brown in or some shit like that. Right, right. But anyways, yeah. So I figured I'm I'm gonna walk up to the, the front of the stage. I want to be right up front because there's so many people here. I'll probably never get up front again. So I, I get right pretty close to, to the stage. You know, I'm hanging out for, you know, it's probably three hours before it started. I can't remember what time it started. Holy like, shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm meeting a few people or whatever, and I remember these guys actually had these the, the big wine bags. You ever see those big silver wine bags? Yep, yep. For like making wine, yeah. So these guys had like a bunch of moonshine in that, so they're, you know, feeding me this crap and, you know, getting getting all prepared to have a little fun here. Yeah, and, aka uh, you're drinking like two hours before the festival starts. Oh yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, 10 and, in and the again, morning. like we we barely ate. Like I don't think we ate anything ever since that, that, know, that pizza that cleared that... you out. You know. Yeah, man. So uh, I think did the monks start the show? Is that what it was? Do you remember? Uh, I've I've heard something. There's not really footage, but yeah, I've heard some. There were Tibetan monk sort of. Yeah, yeah, I think blessing, they came out and they started the show. Yeah, kind of like blessing yeah. the ground, some like very ill-advised attempt yeah. at spirituality. So Yeah, so yeah, they, so I remember the, seeing them. Like They came out. I think that was the very first thing that started. And, you know, I watched some of that, and then James Brown comes out, and all of a sudden, like, you know, the place is starting to get packed, right? Mm-hmm. And I, all of a sudden, I started getting super dizzy, man. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I'm going to pass out here for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I just remember, like, saying to everybody around me, like, body surf me out of here. Because I was close enough to the front, right? I could body surf out, no problem. And so I get out. The security kind of grabbed me at the front there. Right? And they start walking me out. Next thing you know, I started throwing up everywhere. Oh, no. And, yeah, bro. Like, I was like, holy fuck, what the hell's going on? And then I blacked out. And this is, so, like, the afternoon of day one. This is during James Brown, yeah. Like, this is the beginning of the festival, man. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Yeah, bro. So, yeah, so I blacked. I completely blacked out, right? Yeah. And then uh, I I come to, and, like, the medics are, are with me, and they're like, you gotta drink this water, drink this water kind of stuff, right? Like, otherwise, we're gonna have to put an IV in you. So I guess I got, uh, like, heat, heat exhaustion, eh? Right. Mm-hmm. And I just straight up passed out. Which, does, I mean, that kind of ruined the beginning of the, <clears throat> excuse me, ruined the beginning of it for me. Because yeah. here I'm in the medical stand for, you know, I don't know, I don't know how long I was in there, but they they fed me full of like water and stuff, and then kind of sent me on my way when I was feeling a little better. Okay, so, so we're we'll back on our feet. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember now, like how long I was in there for. Hmm. But yeah, it, it was a while, right? Maybe do you remember like the next act you saw, or 
or what happened after that? Uh, I did bring up the the list of shows here just so I could kind of give yeah. you a better detail. I mean, thing. so you were pro and also when those things happen, I mean, I've, I've passed out at a concert one time. I was dehydrated and, and I locked my knees, which kind of prevents the the blood flow. And uh, but I was yeah. also drinking a lot, so it was oh, one yeah. of those things. And uh, yeah, it does kind of you don't even when you're back to consciousness, you don't exactly you know you're kind of running at like half speed right exactly yeah um, like you're just drained as like somebody kicked the shit out of you yeah. right so yeah so there was G looking back here i think it was cheryl crow I cheryl think, crow so there's a big gap in between yeah, yeah. so she was kind of like an evening act sun yeah i think she started yet. around dinner time or something okay all right so i, I stuck around the stage there because i knew corn was playing later that night right? right and so i just kind of you know sat in the back right and you know, watch Cheryl Crow. I think I went and got some food because I didn't see DMX was after there after Cheryl Crow, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I did. I did miss DMX. I think I went and actually got some of those twelve dollar little personal pizzas or whatever they had there. Right, right. Which and I mean, you got to eat something. <laughs> well, no, exactly. And I mean, and that's the thing too. Like, we didn't have a lot of cash when we went because I'd been yeah, to festivals. How much cash did you bring? I, well, I to be honest, I can't remember to be honest. But I, it wasn't more than probably three or four hundred bucks but then i did have a credit card because i remember i had applied for a credit card before we had went and it just came in the mail before we had left okay uh so yeah so i, I think i might have had three or four hundred bucks cash so you you see a twelve dollar pizza you know a little nine inch pizza right that's on a tortilla shell it's like holy crap i'm gonna have to eat like ten of these things you know to fill up <laughs> right 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 so i think i had one or two of those and i went back uh watched the offspring and again just just preparing for corn right and, uh, yeah, just completely drained still from, you know, getting that heat exhaustion. And, uh, what am I saying here now? Yeah, so once the, off once the offspring had finished, mm -hmm. well, even that, even when the offspring was playing, I remember that's when the bottles started flying in the air. Yeah. Like, I think they were flying the whole whole weekend, but I remember getting hit with bottles during that show, like, during their sets and everything. And were you were you into them if you were, like, into, like, Warp Tour-esque vibes? Yeah, kind of, yeah. But, maybe but again, still so really drained from the heat, right? Right, right. Damn, yes. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, I think I was, I'm I was getting I'm going to see Corn, who plays... Yeah, exactly. Literally. I think Corn was right after The Offspring. Right, but still, like, what, like, 12 hours after you've arrived to this stage? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you know, here we crapped in a bucket, we freaking passed out from heat exhaustion. Right, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so once the Osprey was done, I remember, okay, I'm, I'm getting right up close to Seacorn. Like, this is who I came to see, right? Like, number one. And yeah. so I, I pushed my way right to the front for that thing, man. All right. So, you, I mean, Corn, yeah, that was kind of, uh, as I've, as we said, and it seems people, people are starting to wreck, you know, the same way in that Green Day or Nine Inch Nails or Primus kind of had one of, like, had some of their iconic performances at uh, mm -hmm. Woodstock 94, it seems people are starting to recognize that Korn's 99 performance it, it is one of the most, like, defining performances of Woodstock 99. And, I mean, they... Oh, 100%. Yeah. They've like, seen I, I've seen Korn yeah. probably a dozen times in my lifetime, mm -hmm. and that show was just... The energy that they, they put into that show was just insane. Yeah, and you were at the front. Oh, yeah, I was... You know, if you had to put it in rows, I'd say maybe I was back 10 rows. Were you getting, there? I mean, were you getting that like squished, can't 
move? Oh, uh, not at the start. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I still remember when he came out. Like, and you know, there, there was a big you know hype up for a minute or two there at the beginning. Right. So he comes out, and you know, I got my camera, and I'm like, I'm getting some you know sweet pictures of freaking corn here at Woodstock, right? As soon as he kicked in, though, as soon as he you know, came out with that, are you ready, right? right? Right, That crowd kicked in like you wouldn't believe, man. Right, right. Yeah, like, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I thought I was going to die right there. Like, I must have got hit in the head about 10, 12 times, like, just from people body surfing. And I think where I was standing just turned into a huge pit right away, right? Mm-hmm. So, and actually, some girl in front of me, I think she got knocked right out. Like, out and cold? So, yeah, out cold. So these guys grabbed her, and... They were like carrying her, like literally physically carrying her. Like two guys had her legs, two guys had her, like her torso, right? And Jeez. they're trying to carry her out of here. Yeah. And at this point, like I said, I, I got like kicked in the head a couple times. I was like all disorientated. I'm still really weak from that whole heat stroke thing or heat exhaustion mm-hmm. thing. So I, I remember grabbing the guy's shirt and I'm like, I'm coming with you. Just get me out of here, man. Like it mm-hmm. was just mayhem. It was like a war zone in there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it must have took us. I'd say a good half an hour. I mean, it felt like hours, man, to get out of that crowd. But yeah, it took, I'd swear Damn. it took probably 20 minutes to half an hour just to get to a somewhat safe place. Right. And I just collapsed to the ground and I was just like, oh, I couldn't breathe and it was just like, holy Christ. Damn. Do you, do you know but, what happened I mean, to the girl? Did they get her like a medic tent? They, they kept going. I don't know where they, they ended up taking her. Like, I kind of just like let them go once I was kind of in the clear, but... Jeez. And they were taking her. I don't know if there's because there was a couple ambulances out in the like in the far back end. There were yeah, there were. I mean, there were medic tents. So I mean, yeah, there were medics all over the place. So I'm assuming they took her to a medic tent. Yeah. Damn. So yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I was just drained right from the start of it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I finally got a corn set, and then I, I watched the end of the set from pretty far back. Uh huh. Uh huh. Man, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> this. So far from your story, just the sense of the how how big of an event it was, and how uh, just oh, like, yeah. how it could it, really unless you were there, it's, it's really it's fucked a you million up, times really different. You up, you know. Yeah, I think like Jonathan Davis said it in the documentary. There, it says you know, like when you see it with your own eyes, it's ten times more you know shocking kind of thing or something. Right, right. And, and it is, you know, like I mean, you can watch it all on TV and stuff, and it's like, wow, that's pretty crazy, but. Unless you're actually there, you know. It's a heck of a lot different being in that crowd. Right, right. And, and especially, yeah. like, being by myself. Like, yeah, I know a lot man. of people, they went with a big group of people. Mm-hmm. So you got buddies to, you know, help you out, right? You know, something happens, they can drag you out. But Buddy system. When you're, yeah, man. Like, being being by myself in, the, in those crowds is like, you're on your own. You're fending for yourself, right? Can I ask you? You're going to fight your way out of there. <laughs> can, I, can I get, a, like, a little... A little deep with it, like, um, how did it feel to be by yourself? I mean, was it like, holy shit, this is so awesome? Was it, you know, did you feel lonely in a sea of people? Were you making friends or? No, I was making friends. To be honest, like, because of everything that had happened prior to going, you know, like splitting up with the girlfriend at the time and all this other crap that was going on in my life at the time, I I had that I don't give a fuck attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And then it was 1999, so they're talking about Y2K and everything. And, oh, the bombs could go off. This could be the end of the world. And, you know, like, I didn't believe that. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, what if it is? I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go have the best fucking time of my life if the world explodes. <laughs> right, right, right. 
So, no, yeah, I, I was going just like, I, did, I didn't care. I was having a blast, you know. I went there to have fun. I was, even with all the shit that was going on, I was still having, the, you know, the time of my life. But, you know, I just I just didn't care, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't care about anything at the time. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. know, there's that heartbreak, and then, you know, your first heartbreak, it can be quite devastating, and you feel hopeless, and then once you start to pick yourself up and put yourself back together there is a you've you've been vulnerable for so long and then there's sort of this feeling of like well now like i can't feel shittier than i've already been feeling so then it kind of gives you this invincibility in a way to be like yeah Yeah, i'll do that i'll do that because like i've already been so low i can't get lower so yeah that's exactly that's a great mentality mentality. i feel like to to approach what something is mad yeah because i mean it seems also just I mean, I have, I have gone to certain events by myself, but I will say the largest festivals I've been to, I all, I was with friends, you know, we kind of, we're, we're planning shit out. Like who's bringing this, who's got that, you know, where are we going to meet? So yeah, I've never, I've definitely never been to like a massive event solo like that. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the only time I ever did something like that in my (laughs) life, but you Um, know, I've had the shows like a little shows, you know, by myself, but right huge difference yeah so you're out now i mean anything else friday night i mean <laughs> well, well friday I'm, I'm night, yeah to so go to sleep I, but i don't know what you're gonna do <laughs> yeah once i kind of recovered there like uh, from the corn pits you know I, uh, I did stick around and watch bush but i mean from a far away eh? uh-huh. yeah okay and uh yeah i remember this uh this girl and this guy like a couple came up to me and they just started chatting me up and you know you know, I was meeting people from all over the world, which is pretty cool there. And uh, so all of a sudden, these guys, they say, here, open your mouth up for a sec, eh? Mm. They shoved its ass in my mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, hey, right on, <laughs> you know? Damn. And, like, I've, I've experienced it with ass back in high school and stuff, and so mm. I knew it took a while to kick in. And so I'm thinking, okay, fuck, you know, if, if this shit kicks in and I'm up here at the East stage, I'm fucked. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, was like, okay, you know, great meet you guys. I, I got to go find my tent because okay. I, I want to be somewhere safe when this shit hits me. You yeah. Know? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of funny the way it worked out. Like I I had left and I, I don't even remember how the hell I was finding my tent, but I was finding it. And uh, I made it back to the tent and I, I swear literally the second I walked up to the tent, the shit kicked in hard. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not only does it take a minute to kick in, it's going to take a minute to not be on it it's gonna yeah <laughs> as exactly, you know uh so yeah. so what did you do <laughs> so yeah man so i remember i crawled in the tent and i couldn't be in the tent like i just couldn't you know i couldn't find space right no way so i i was late i had my extra i had my head sticking out, out out of the tent right like out of the doorway and i just tripped on the clouds all night right nice okay so thinking, you're like oh, a, fuck. you're like a little tripping caterpillar <laughs> pretty pretty much right yeah and so i like i didn't even realize there was raves going on there mm. so i thought you know like midnight or every time the the shows ended there i thought that was it i thought it was right. be like camping right mm-hmm. <laughs> well and then then uh, you know you hear the music from the raves and all the lights were in the sky and stuff which made it even trippier right 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 you're like hearing and, it like, from afar i'm assuming it was a it was a fairly strong hit of acid oh yeah, yeah. man it was you're, you're, you're seeing uh, i was um, feeling no pain yeah, you're 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 seeing all sorts of visuals in the clouds. Yeah, did you, exactly. And did you man. stay up all night? Yeah, I mean you can't sleep on that shit. Yeah, 
so i was up all fucking night man. so so now i mean i love it because it's also like i'm like out where are we gonna get our next source of energy for you because like well that's the thing right like i don't i don't even think i had you know like eight hours of sleep up to this point and this is yeah. already the the end of the 23rd from the 21st yeah damn <laughs> And so, yeah, so I was just tripping, man. And then I just don't remember in the morning, actually, I finally started coming down a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, the sun's already up now, right? And and uh, I remember crawling in the tent, and then I, I hear these people saying, man, it looks like the tents are alive. And I guess it was just the way the wind was going. Mm-hmm. It looked like the tents were breathing, eh? So then I started tripping out again, right? I was like, oh, fuck, maybe these tents are alive. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, I don't know. Damn. And so yeah, so yeah, I finally came down from that, and like again, I like I'm I'm drained, right? Like, fucking, uh, I'm like I gotta find find my way to get some food, right? Which I mean, it was a, it was a fair walk from where we were, our tent was mm-hmm. to the vendors. Yep. So I ended up finally making my way over to a vendor. I think I just got some more pizza again, or something, or or one of those cheeseburgers they were selling. And and then I figured, okay, you know, like I really want to see Limp Biscuit, right? So I'm gonna go back out to the parking lot and try and sleep in the car. Okay. Like because I haven't slept. And that's a haul really. too, right? Oh yeah, it's like probably a good mile, right? If if yeah. not further. And have you drank any fucking water? You know, it's funny because I don't recall drinking water the whole time I was oh, there. Man. <clears throat> yeah, man. <laughs> So uh, until towards the end, when all the rioting started, because I remember people did steal water, and I did I get some then, but but yeah, like I don't think I drank water for days, a couple days at least. I mean, I will say at that age, uh, your your body's a little more resilient. You can get away with it. You know, I'm in my thir- mid thirties now. Like, you know, I'm like I get fucking pissy if I don't have water. You know. Oh yeah. Um. So so you're gonna? Ch- I mean. Gonna try and sleep in your car. What kind of car was it? Uh, well, I, my dad had given me his car. Actually, it was a old Ford Taurus. I think it was like a '98 Ford Taurus. Okay, like the so, wagon style. Well, that's new at the time. Yeah, he had that's a newer car. Right. Like, I actually wanted to take mine out. I had a little Honda CRX. And he's like, "No, you're not driving that thing. Take my car." You know, I mean, so go. like we, we can maybe assume that the air condition works. Cause yeah, it, yeah, it did. Yeah, know, so brutally hot, right? Yeah. Oh, it was it was a scorcher, man. Like this is Saturday morning. It was already. You know, eight o'clock in the morning. It was I don't even know what the degrees were, but it was hot, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the air conditioning blasting, and I did fall asleep in the car for a little bit. Nice. And uh, I wake up just to, you know, like actually, I think I slept the whole friggin' afternoon because I wake up and I remember this fucking shit's destroyed. I'm like, it was like a completely different world. Woodstock, like going yeah, man. Back in, like yeah, I, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on here, right? So, like, I, I remember I actually snuck back in. Like, I didn't come through the main gate. I snuck back in, like, a piece of the wall or something like that. Damn. And I was just looking around, and I was like, man, like, that from that morning when I kind of decided I'm going to drive or go back out to the parking lot, to when I came back in, which must have been, uh, I don't know, late afternoon sometime. Mm-hmm. Shit was just fucking destroyed, man. Yeah, it was already start. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was nuts. And I remember I, I actually went to use the porta potty, mm-hmm. and the fucking floor of the porta potty caved in on me. Like oh. it kind of sunk down. Man, I was up to my ankles, and you know, you name it. <laughs> oh man, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, it's gross, man. <laughs> Did you try to wash it off or what? No, bro. Like, you, you couldn't wash it off. I mean, there's there's nowhere to do it. 
Yeah, I think at that time, that's when they, the pipes busted, too, so there was no water. Yeah. Because I know they broke the pipes somewhere, I think it was a Saturday. Yeah. So there was no water anywhere. Like, it was, the water was on the ground, but it was covered in shit and piss, right? Right, right. Damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> Pretty disgusting. Yeah. It all tracks, though. Um, oh, yeah, man. But now you got some sleeping. You you can go see Limp Biscuit. I don't see anything stopping you from seeing Limp Biscuit. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I slept actually so much, I actually did miss Limp Biscuit. Oh, damn. So, yeah, wait, but so it's like, this Saturday, right? Yeah, it is Saturday. Yeah, I missed Limp Biscuit. Okay, so that's... Yeah, I got my bearings going again, and uh, I just kind of hung around the camping area when I like, mm-hmm. stuck back in there. Yeah. And I, I was meeting a few people. I remember seeing MTV was shooting, like, I don't know if they were shooting a commercial or something. I figured, oh, I'll try and get on TV and all this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, well, I do a lie, actually. I did run into John after that. Oh, okay. Somehow, I think, I think he came back to the tent after Limp Biscuit, and he told me, he said, man, I thought I was going to die up there. Like, oh, it was yeah. just insane, man. Damn. So, yeah, unfortunately, like, Saturday was a write-off for me. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you know, the no sleep, the heat exhaustion, everything else that happened. Just over the course of the days, it's... Yeah, you got to pace yourself. Yeah, I had to, I'd like, to regain my bearings. It took me, like, 24 hours just to regain myself, right? Yeah. So I missed most of Saturday. Damn. Did you see anything, yeah. at, you know, because there was still Rage, Metallica... Um, that was all sad. I did miss Rage and Metallica, yeah. Okay. I don't know what the hell I did on Saturday. To be honest, Saturday was just a blur, man. Yeah. Like, you, I do remember hanging out and meeting some cool people. Yeah, yeah, just, just a little bit, you know, just with whoever I ran into. Yeah. I mean, that's what's also interesting is there's, you know, there's all these bands and stuff, but then you also have this huge gathering of a ton of strangers and places like campsites, you know, also can end up being, you know, really fun, social. Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, you're meeting people from all over. It mm-hmm. wasn't just, you know, we're at some little festival and there's some people from a couple other cities. Yeah. Like, people are all over the world, man. Yeah. Which just, you know, blew me away. I remember talking to some guy from Brooklyn for hours on end. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we ran into some old hippie. There was some old hippie there, too. I remember he was sitting at his tent. He had all these, like, giant mushrooms and stuff. And it was like, holy fuck, man. Like, he was like a 69 hippie, man. Like, flower power and all that stuff. What was his vibe? Or did you, do you remember, like, his read? On ninety nine, uh, he didn't say too much about it, man. Yeah, he was he was he was just fucking. He was out there. I think he was just tripping on shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I just because I I'd be curious if it's just like you know, it would feel on one hand like if you went to sixty nine to be so prepared to be like I'm doing it again and I'm growing my giant mushrooms, God knows where. Yeah, and, right. And just like committing to like, no, I went to sixty nine. I'm here at nine nine, or being like, holy shit, this is so different. And kind of, you know, there's a lot of people who were like from that generation, like this is such a bummer compared to sixty nine. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, but maybe I mean, it depends just, if they're still into the music and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was all for uh, the fifty year anniversary they were talking about. You know, like yeah, that's actually how I found the Facebook page. Oh, okay. Interesting. Is when I heard about that 50 year anniversary back in was it 2018? I think, 2019, you know? yeah. Or 2019, yeah. yeah. Like I, I was searching all over the internet for stuff. That's how I came across the Facebook uh, page. Interesting. And then, yeah, know, I directed you just recently. I see. But uh, yeah, I was I was all for it. Yeah. I remember telling like I'm, I'm married now. I remember telling my wife so I'd never take never take a woman to Woodstock. You know, mm. not not to 
sounds sexist or anything, but you know, anyone that I cared about, I would not take take a woman with me yeah. because I mean, of the and, shit that I yeah. And there's been, I mean, obviously, especially with ninety nine, there's just been so many accounts of some really unsafe shit that happened to women to put to put it lightly you know oh yeah like i've um, seen a little bit of it but yeah. not you know not right up front yeah but like yeah. i think even like just jumping back i think it was during the offspring there was some girl up by where the mtv was filming mm-hmm. and she was standing up kind of on the railing you know topless and everything and i just remember seeing guys hands go up and just grab her and pull her down into the crowd and she never came back up yeah i mean I that's just, like I, like i don't know what really was going on there but I and mean, then the yeah, it doesn't sound good when you say it. Um, and I mean, also, you know, Offspring was one of really only, I think, a couple bands that actually made a point to, like, I guess they were seeing it. Um, yeah, from made, their point of view. Made a point yeah. to actually say, hey, don't do that. But That's I do. True. It feels like, you know I, know, I know Offspring said something. I know Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers said something. But in mm. general, it may be there were not a ton of people in the in the band saying something and again that's kind of where it's like you know is it the band's responsibility is it the is it the people who are promoting i mean obviously in those situations if there's this one person who's deciding to molest someone like that's their responsibility you know what i mean well yeah but then it's but i mean again like there were so many people there like like, you can't really blame the bands they're just doing their job right yeah and i mean like, I don't know what it looked like from the stage there, but you're looking at a sea of, you know, 300,000 plus people. Right. It'd be like trying to pick a needle out of a haystack sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then, and then it, know, does, I would think. it does seem like there was sort of, some, you know, like sort of like a mob mentality. Like, if you're like, oh, if, well, this guy's grabbing some tits, like, oh, yeah. I can do he, it well, the too, girl that was, yeah, there was a girl camp next right beside me, mm-hmm. like in the tent city thing. And I'm pretty sure she was from Alabama. I don't know why I'm thinking she's mm-hmm. from Alabama, but there was, I don't know what day it was. It might have been the Saturday. And there was a lineup of guys literally jumping into her tent. Whoa. Like taking, like running a train on her, man. And it was just like, holy fuck. Like, I think at the time I'm thinking, oh, what a slut, right? <laughs> but, you know, I like you look back and I'm like, was she being raped? Like, I don't know. Jeez. Oof. And again, like I'm there by myself. What am I going to do even if it was happening? Like, I'm not going to step up to 20 guys, you know? <laughs> like, Damn. That is, uh, yeah, I mean, wow, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, that was probably the worst thing I've seen there. Mm-hmm. Like, for sexual assault stuff. And, like, I, if, if it wasn't sexual assault, it was just like, what the fuck is going on here, right? And that was just next to your tent? That was, yeah, we were kind of like, I could have crawled out of my door and been in her tent. Like, that's how close our tents were. And it was just like, what the fuck is going on here, right? Like, there must have been a dozen guys, man, just... And one after another, right, they're just jumping in the tent and... She was younger than I am. Like I think, like she probably looked like she was maybe in her mid-teens, late teens. Jeez. Because I did get to talking to her when we first arrived. Yeah, man. Like it was crazy. Man, wow, that's uh, that's that sounds pretty intense, disturbing. Yeah, Um, it was. It was kind of fucked. That's that's actually one of the reasons I joined the Facebook pages. I was trying to find that girl mm -hmm. because. Being by myself, I didn't take any pictures of myself at Woodstock. And I remember she actually took some photos of me, right? But with did, her camera, so... Did you, um, maybe... did you, like, interact with her, like, after that? Was this on, like, Friday or Saturday or what? I think that was taking place on the Saturday. It, it could have been the Sunday. I could be wrong. Uh-huh. 
but it wasn't the first day. I remember that much because I, I did. I spoke to her the first day and stuff. She was there with some like friend of hers too. You know, just kind of introduced herself, mm-hmm. whatever. And, and then I ran into her again, like at the end of it, end of it all when the riots were happening. Do you? I mean, do you remember what her demean, like what her her demeanor was when you saw her again? Oh, like at the end of it? Yeah. She she was kind of I don't know. She was seemed okay. Mm-hmm. Like, cause yeah, I was like I had like Canadian cigarettes with me, and she didn't know what the heck they were. And she's like, she's like, oh, can I get a pack of those? I'll trade. I think she traded me like a flashlight and some rolling papers or something for a pack of Canadian cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like she was still yeah. kind of perky and stuff. Like not. Well, I guess as perky as you can get at that time. But <laughs> right. I mean, there's a, yeah. Also, just everyone you know by that point. Um, yes. I mean, did you ever find her on the Facebook group? I never did, no, because I, I can't for the life of me remember her name. All I remember is she was from Alabama. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, I did put a post up. I'm like, if anybody knows this girl, I traded her a pack of, like, players like king size of cigarettes were called. Interesting. So did you, I mean, did you feel like you had, like, a friendship or, like, a bond with her? I mean, you said you took pictures. Uh, well, I wouldn't really say a bond, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was talking to so many different people out there, right, like, just meeting everyone. She was just kind of the the tent neighbor, I guess you know. Right, right. But for the, for the amount of time I spent at the tent, like, you know, I didn't really see her that much. Like, we didn't go and watch the shows or nothing together. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions. I mean, just because it sounds intense, and you were, like, were you just in the tent? Like, what? Like, could you hear them? Yeah, like I actually was walking back to the tent, and this was already occurring, right? And I was just like, what the fuck? And I think I went to the tent, like, using bottles to piss in at this time, right? Because the uh, the porta parties were overflowing, so I was going to the tent to like to take a piss or something like that. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here, man?" Mm-hmm. Damn. But I mean, I don't know. It's my. Uh, I just kind of brushed it off, I guess, right? Like mm-hmm. at the time. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But, like, I yeah. didn't hear her screaming or nothing. Like I didn't. I didn't hear her like screaming. No. No. Or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just found it kind of odd, right? There was so many guys and just her. Damn. Good. Yeah, I mean, you know, digging up the past, it uh Yeah, bro. Like you can find some some pretty uncomfortable stuff or think about it later and you know, I mean, that's that's yeah. obviously been one of the biggest, you know, points of reexamination of Woodstock 99. I mean, at any music festival, some, you know, someone is doing something nefarious or something that might be harmful to another person. But oh, for sure. For a you know, for the reasons, and that's kind of why people are interested in it. There just seemed to be like a larger concentration of that happening at Woodstock '99. You know. Oh yeah, well that's the thing. Um, there was really no authority there, right? So I mean, when people started losing their fucking minds, it, it, there was no one to tell them to stop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, that's yeah. Well, crazy, yeah, and I mean, yeah. So to bring it back, yeah, you know, Offspring and you know, Chili Peppers, you know, they did mention something um mm-hmm. and also that's that's two people on stage trying to say something but you have all this shit that's kind of happening on the ground right so oh exactly it's not like the offspring like, is the police you know the, i mean it's no, good it, for it them to say controlled. something um yeah. but you obviously needed you know the fest the festival needed more security than that and um oh for sure and and like, that gets into like the documentary a lot in terms of just 
who was being yeah, hired. Like, I, for I don't security. know if it was true or not, but I remember hearing at the beginning of it all, like they said, like no no police are allowed inside the walls of of uh, Woodstock. Yeah, that like, I, I whether heard, that was yeah. true or not, or I just imagined that. I, I don't know, but I didn't see any like other than these peace patrol guys. You know that basically got one day of training and stuff. They're just your average right. Joe who didn't give a shit, right? Right. You know. Yeah, and I mean, what it would like. If you put yourself in their in their position, I probably would have took the shirt off too and walked away. Because I mean, you're not going to risk your life for that, right? Whatever they're making, ten bucks an hour or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's at this point, like you, you know, people who, you know, and it's pro- and, and in part because of events like Woodstock '99, you know, it's like people understand that concert security is like a very real and important job, and you can't skimp on it. Oh, um, for sure. I mean, obviously, there was like the Travis Scott, you know. There was like a, you know, a stampede. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, also just in just there's there's you know a sexual assault thing. There's a fighting thing. There's a stampede thing. But when you have that oh, many so people, much. you know, like you really do have to consider, like, there's all. I mean, there was that stampede in South Korea uh on halloween i'm not sure if you heard about that oh yeah i did see a couple hundred people died you know because you know just literally when you have that many people you have to manage them well that's the thing right you need you need to be organized to organize people uh it's a very real and important job Um, oh for sure and that was the problem with woodstock 99 right there was there was no organization like there was it, it was out of control right so we're we're uh, getting to like we were like Saturday nightish, right? You said it was kind yeah. of a wash. Yeah, was, Saturday was just pretty much a write off, right? So so you didn't you just didn't go out really? Kind Not of, really, yeah. no. Just like hung around, met some people, you know. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then Sunday kicked in, and I actually started feeling a lot better on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went out. Yeah, I remember seeing Willie Nelson there in the morning. Like, okay. I think he's yeah, I think he was one of the first ones I seen there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I stuck around uh, pretty much at the East Stage most of the time. You know, I'd seen Elvis Costello, Jewel, uh, Creed was a big one because they brought Robbie Krieger out there, and I mean, I was like a little schoolgirl seeing that, right? Mm-hmm. So you I, were, I you were like really... into the Doors before? Oh yeah, I listened kinda... to the Doors. You know, prior to that, like I, I was into music since I was, you know, probably like twelve years old or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you I know, could I could see how that one, especially with you know like the Doors movie, like I could see how you know that particular band would be like, oh yeah, like cool, you know, like because I always wonder how much of it it was so geared towards the '90s in terms of music, and I wonder it was yeah, it was, it was a nice change to if, see like, that. Oh, some cool '60s guy is there or not, you know? Yeah, no, I, I when he like I didn't know he was gonna be there, right? And so when they pulled him out on stage, and they're like, yeah, it's Robbie Krieger from The Doors, it was just like, oh, no way, right? Like, it was like a 12-year-old at a Britney Spears concert or something. I was like, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty stoked to see that, man. It was, it was pretty kick-ass. Then The Doors actually reformed, like, a couple of years after that with uh, Ian Asbury or whatever. Yeah, I actually saw that, The Doors. Yeah, so I thought, you know, when they first seen that, I said, I'll never see that again, you know, like, Robbie Krieger. But uh, yeah, we ended up seeing him again a few years later. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, then uh, somewhere in there, I can't remember when Ice Cube was playing, but somewhere I did make my way over to the West Stage. Like, it was a good forty-five minute truck between stages. Eh? So when you're at one, you kind of almost want to stay there. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. But yeah, Ice Cube was another big one I really wanted to see. So I remember I went over to the West Stage whenever he was playing there, and did catch that show. That was pretty nice. The, the Ice Cube show. 
Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a pretty kick-ass show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not, like, a lot of that, like... When you watch the um, the DVD and stuff that they released, they don't really show a lot of the West stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, you know, I, I'm seeing more and more pop up on YouTube of uh, the West stage, but for yeah. years, yeah, you know, for years it was just concentrated on the East stage. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's... that's We'll be the first to admit, like, a lot of... A huge basis of this podcast is that... Um, almost every single major performance that was filmed for pay-per-view is available on YouTube. So that was kind of part of how we were able to do it. It was like, we're going to, we're going to force ourselves to watch all of this. And then by doing that, since we weren't at Woodstock, we're like, well, we've, we've at least witnessed more performances than a single person could have possibly done at Woodstock by watching every single videos. Um, so and and those those are really great because it and they sometimes do little camera pans into the crowd and you can kind of you're like oh this is like what what the vibe was like um yeah exactly but you didn't see uh seven dust at woodstock you said right not at woodstock no i did see them at the at the vans or the, the day before woodstock mm-hmm. but yeah i know i didn't go see ice cube jewel creed that morning actually this sunday i forgot to mention that like that's that's like this when everyone was uh, pounding on the on the garbage cans, like they had that big drum thing going. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I seen that as I was walking over mm. to the East stage, and it was just hundreds and hundreds of probably thousands of people, right? That, Overturning yeah. those garbage cans, and it was at that point. I think everyone was so drained, like they all looked like a bunch of zombies, right? Like mm-hmm. almost like out of a horror movie, eh? Yeah, but I they mean, were what, keep they were keeping rhythm. <laughs> what, what was your what was your read on? the festival i mean were you kind of having some sort of like analysis of like what's going on was it living up to your expectations you know you were very excited to go to woodstock like how are you feeling about being at woodstock on sunday like as a whole uh, were you having any of those kind of revelations were you just trying to like survive and not pass out yeah by sunday that's what it was i was trying to survive like Mm -hmm. i said like i wasn't gonna leave john all by himself wherever the heck he was right Mm -hmm. so i mean by sunday it was kind of like Okay, you know, this was kind of getting... It was just a weird vibe on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like I said, Saturday, how everything kind of changed after I'd woke up there. Mm-hmm. And it was more like mayhem. Like, it was just anarchy that on Saturday almost. But then Sunday was just like a really weird vibe. It was just like... Personally, I was just like, okay, I'm going to watch a couple shows, and then hopefully I'll bump into him and we'll get out of here, right? Right. Uh, but, I mean, we didn't get out of there until quite later. <laughs> Right. So, so yeah, tell me about Sunday. I mean, how long did you stay? Yeah, so, uh, so Sunday, yeah, like I, like I say, we watched, uh, or we, I guess, uh, I left during the Chili Peppers. I think there was a lot, they were the last band, right? Yep. And yeah, so I left started, in, you know. Yeah, so I, I didn't see, like, where from where I was, I didn't see, like, the massive fires at the start. Mm-hmm. But I figured, okay, you know, I'm going to make my way back to the tent. Hopefully I'll run into John, right? And then... You know, I don't, I don't want to leave him here, right? <laughs> 2,000 miles from home. Uh, so I started making my way back to the tent, and that's when I started seeing all these, like, blazes everywhere, like massive fires. Right. I remember walking past one, and there was, like, people were dancing around it, and, like, I remember seeing somebody in the documentary say, oh, it was like the Lord of the Flies. Right, right. And for the past 23 years, when anyone ever asked me about, like, how was it? Like, how was Woodstock and all the, like, the rioting? That's exactly how I explained it. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. you know, like, the only way I can explain it is, like, Lord of the Flies. Like, people have lost their fucking mind. And they, they were burning everything, and then they started popping up everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. 
like one fire, two fires, and then all of a sudden there's ten fires going. So I mean, did you did you uh, get close to any of those fires or? I got close to some. I didn't mm. partake in dancing around them naked or nothing, but but I was just kind of at that point. I was kind of like, holy fuck! Like, what's going on here? Like, this place is like falling apart, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just pure chaos. And uh, so I I just continued like making my way back to the tent. Like I say, we're, we're from the stage. It was. 30, 45 minute walk to get to my tent. Jesus. And we were actually, uh, like our tent was actually parked by the Ace Hardware, like Ace Hardware was there. They had yeah. A mm-hmm. <laughs> thing. So we were like right close to where Ace Hardware was. And uh, I made it back there and all of a sudden I see like everyone starts busting into the, the trailers there. <laughs> like just as I was arriving back at the tent. Because they had a bunch of semi-trailers lined up in behind uh, where they were selling stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the big ones that got busted in. I mean, yeah. So I'm just like, well, fuck, you know, when in Rome, right? I better uh, go grab some shit out of these trailers too. <laughs> Do you? Uh, care yeah, to, yeah, there was a, there was a bunch of some, guys, and they some were flashlights, some frisbees, or uh, no, man. Like there was camping supplies, like full on. Like, I think I got a full on twelve uh, man tent. I still have the thing today. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah, a little I think too late would... for Woodstock, but I guess you can use it for... Yeah, exactly. I get some sleeping bags, stuff like that. Uh, I think there was a box of disposable cameras. Uh, but yeah, so I went up there, and I just remember there was, you know, it wasn't even a very big crowd. It must have been, you know, maybe 100 people at the time. And there was two guys, and each time he just chuck, chucking shit out, just saying, it's Christmas in July, everyone, Christmas in July. And so, yeah, I grabbed as much as I could carry, and I went and stashed it all back in our tent because, you know, the tent was only, like, a hop, skip, and a jump away. Nice. Yeah, and then, sure enough, here comes John walking through the, you know, through the blaze and everything, and he's like, hey, what's up, right? <laughs> like, so I just remember, like, looking at him, and I said, man, let's let's go to the ATMs, you know, because, like, they're, they're stealing everything here, right? Might as well uh-huh. get some cash. <laughs> no shit. And he's... He, yeah, he said to me, though, he's like, I just came from there. And I guess the uh, the riot police or whatever had already showed up. He says, yeah, there are mm. people down with their billy clubs and everything. And so maybe don't want to the go batons. there. Yeah, so he didn't do that. So he went over and he just, you know, grabbed some stuff from the camping supply trucks. And mm-hmm. we kind of bolted out of there. So, th- so then that was it. So you got, Yeah, you well, yeah, I remember it was kind of... Christmas in July... Yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember just walking out of there too, and like that's when the the police had all shown up and everything, and they're they're standing around and we're walking by with all this stolen goods, and right? Just looking at us, <laughs> so this is really, really odd, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess at that point it's not really their priority to get people to return tents, and it's more about uh, making sure no more fires and explosions happen. Oh yeah, man. So. Yeah. Cause as we, yeah, we were walking away and like, we heard those, uh, the propane tanks or whatever, they just went off. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were like, let's get the fuck out of here. Cause we didn't know what it was. Right. We thought, holy shit. Like, are they shooting at people? <laughs> Damn. You just hearing explosions as you're walking away. Right. It's it it almost like out of a movie or something, you know, how they're walking and everything explodes behind you. <laughs> yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty nuts. But I mean, like, I don't know. Woodstock kind of screwed me up, I guess, for for a few years afterwards. Like, I had that like anarchist mentality in my mind every time I go out and get drunk or something. <laughs> well, you wanted to like break some some walls down or something. Oh, pretty much, man. Like it was like it was shortly after, I think, in December of '99. Like after it was all done and stuff. Like I went to a, a, a concert locally here. Hey, you know, we got all shit-faced drunk and 
like I don't know if they still sell beer bottles in the states at festivals. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like here they, they used to be beer bottles all the time. That was just a thing, right? And uh, there was it's a three level. Um, there's three tiers to this place we're at. Mm-hmm. So like, there's two balconies on the main floor, and we were on the top balcony. They had no security up there, but they had bar fridges full of uh, full of beer, right? And it was unattended. They had, they had, remember, they had like a chain around it or something like that. So you could get the door open just enough to get your hand in there to steal a couple beers, eh? Damn. So people were people were taking beers, and you know, I got, I just have it. We were smoking dope and fucking getting shit faced drunk, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember when people couldn't reach the back of the fridge anymore. Well, Woodstock mentality kicked in. I, I grabbed the fire extinguisher. I smashed open all the freaking. <laughs> the, uh, the bar things, man. They shut the show down because we started. Th- I started chucking bottles off the balcony to hit the stage. Eh? Oh, they literally had to Jesus. stop the show. Cops came. I went to jail, man. <laughs> like, oh damn! Yeah, like, got a little rowdy. Oh, I was. But I swear, for two years, I just had that weird mentality, like because I had I lived through that little bit of chaos there. Mm-hmm. I just I almost thought it was normal. I guess. <laughs> right. Right. So but, yeah, just, what? Um... I mean, do you still get drunk and and smash shit at concerts? Or? No, 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 man. <laughs> so, no, so I, what kind of like what changed when you're like, all right, maybe I shouldn't get arrested after a concert? Yeah, well, I mean, getting arrested kind of you know opens your eyes a little bit, but then mm. yeah, I, I got pretty heavy into drinking afterwards and stuff. And, mm. You know, I've been sober now for a little over five years. Oh, okay. And so, okay, nice. Congratulations. Just, you know, the, the alcohol and the drugs kind of. Yeah, no, it didn't really like me too much. You know what I mean? (laughs) It can be a real bad combination. So, oh yeah, for sure, man. um, Like I say, like I was, I was never had that mentality until after Woodstock. So I mean, like I don't know if it kind of affected me a bit. I don't know in in a negative way right away. Damn, that's crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I still remember actually when we were leaving, right? Like because we like all that shit was happening at Woodstock, and we heard those explosions as we were walking away. When we finally got to the car, we just said, like, hey, let's just drive, man, like, as far as we can go mm-hmm. and find a hotel, right? Right, right. And so, yeah, and I remember saying I wanted to grab a newspaper because it was already morning, you know, like, I think we yeah. left, it was already four in the morning. I couldn't find a newspaper anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember we stopped at a few little gas stations and it looked like they were just looted. Like, it was empty. Hmm. It was crazy. So, I yeah, I couldn't, I never yeah. did get a newspaper. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have the same thought. Like, that was crazy. It's going to be in yeah, the news. Like, I'm like, let's get them. Yeah, let's... for sure. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, we just drove as far as we could, man. I remember actually going to a payphone and I like, called my parents because they were actually watching it on pay-per-view. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what the fuck are they thinking? Right, right, right. Were they like... 1-800-CALL-ATT or whatever the hell it was? Yeah. Were they uh, yeah. worried about you? Well, at the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I just called them up. I said, you know what? We got the hell out of there. Like We drove for hours there just to get as far away from it as we could and Called them up just to, you know, let them know I was alive still, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they they were kind of happy with that anyways. Damn. And then, yeah, we just booked her back to the to the border. I mean, I was still in party mode a little bit, actually, after that. Like, you, you finally got your steam. <laughs> yeah, I finally got my steam back, yeah. right? So I remember we were actually driving back through Minneapolis, and uh, Orgy was playing. And like this one, like Orgy kind of came out with that Blue Monday and everything yep. cover. And yep, yep. So I, I looked at John and I said, man, let's stop and watch, uh, stop and go to the Orgy show, eh? But he was done. He was like, no, man, <laughs> we're going straight home. Did, uh, what? I mean, 
were you guys trading stories? Because you barely saw each other. Yeah, honestly, man, I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Like, anything that he was telling me, you know, he was, he was done. Like, he was just like, man, let's, I don't know if you had a good time or not. Wow. Do you, he uh, just wanted to get, he just wanted to get home. He was just like, no, nah, like, let's just go. Have like, you, going, um, have you, and you don't know anything about him now? Where to no, you know what? Him. I ran into him in a, into, in a, at a bar probably five years later or something. And I was like, oh, you know, I was with a couple friends. And I said, oh, you know, this is a uh, guy I went to Woodstock with. Hey. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, man, after an experience like that, you never want to see that person again that you went with. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> he said that to you? Yeah, like, he's just like, yeah. Well, I guess, like, generalizing it to everybody that we were there, he's like, yeah, man, you just don't want to be with that person again after everything you just went through. I'm like, whoa. I mean, that seems a little uh, hostile towards you. Yeah, man, like, and this was years later, too. Uh-huh. I was just like, all right, you know. Weird. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was like... But I hadn't uh, seen him. I think he moved out to British Columbia or something. So I haven't. I really want to know what happened at his Woodstock. Yeah, right. I should try and track him down. Sounds, I'll give him the contact. Yeah. Sounds a little ominous. Yeah, like um, I don't know what happened to him, man. But damn. Other than him telling me he thought he was going to die during the, uh, right. the biscuit show. Right, right. You know. But crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was pretty nuts, man. So, um, man. So, I mean. Amazing story. Um, I, I, now I'm wondering, now that we're here, yep. you know, some 20 years removed, uh, I mean, what, what do you think about it? Like, did you see the documentaries? Oh, yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched both on the HBO and the, uh, and the, Netflix. the Netflix. Any, uh, you any know, takeaways from them? Well, Netflix did it bang on, I think, man. Yeah. Like, really like HBO that. is, you know how they, they kind of said it was like, oh, the like terrible it was a terrible thing they had some key points but like the, the footage they had on that uh netflix one was just insane it actually blew my mind i'm like where'd they get some of this footage <laughs> like, yeah i mean I, I feel like objectively the netflix just did a better job of researching and just getting some really incredible i mean when the the tent is uh shaking back and forth and when oh, people yeah, are marching and chanting rage against the machine and when the staff members are like boarding up their staff. Hu- I mean, just yeah. the well, footage even when alone. they went backstage, there was a little little shot of when they went backstage and it showed like people bleeding and everybody on yeah. IVs. And oh, shit. in the uh, in the medic tent. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like whack, you know, like yeah. That so. that's, that was kind of the bad side of it. Like no one really talked about that, right? Like, do you? Um, but I was back there in the medic tent for a while, so I see no. <laughs> right. I mean, do you kind of? Has your sort of opinion on it changed? I mean, have you thought of it over the years? I mean, I know you mentioned, like, you saw the guy, five, John, five years later. I mean, like, ha- have you kind of... How, how, how do you feel about Woodstock now? Honestly, man, it's... It's something that's... It's like a life lesson, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, on how people can completely lose their train of thought, like, lose their mind. Like, everyone that was riding or probably decent people you know they wouldn't do that in everyday society but it's it kind of shows you how everybody can completely lose it i guess you know Mm. how quickly your mind can change Mm -hmm. and just follow the herd you know what i mean right right like so i don't know i've used it kind of as a tool to be honest in life you know like like i said it kind of took me down a dark path afterwards like yeah some drinking and drugs and stuff and you know I, i still remember like 
the end of Woodstock there, just like how everyone was acting and stuff. I was like, holy shit, you know, like that could happen anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like it influenced you for a couple of years to be like, yeah, I, this shit happened at Woodstock. I'll, I'll fuck up some shit at a concert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like it, it screwed me up in the, in the brain a little bit, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, said and done like now i look back on it you know 23 years later or whatever it's like wow man like without woodstock i don't know if i'd be the person i am today yeah <laughs> like yeah. it, it kind of yeah made me who i am man like i care about my fellow man now and you know try and live each day you know as your best self because mm-hmm. i mean anything can change tomorrow yeah you know Absolutely. you know there could be there could be a war you don't know what's going to go on you know right right like, you look at that shit that's going on in ukraine like like mm-hmm. overnight, that shit happened, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. And like, Woodstock's just a small little example of that. Like, just how quickly people can turn into someone they're not, right? Just by and especially when it's—I mean, it's supposed to be a good time, you know. Um, well, that's the thing. Yeah. But a lot of you know, and obviously a lot of stuff went into that. Um, and so, and you said you're married now. Oh yeah, yeah I've been married for. My wife's gonna kill me if she listens to this. Twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> so you know now you're you're miles away from that that first heartbreak. You know. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I love that, Brett. I I love this. I love this story. Um, thank you, thank you so much for being on podcast ninety nine, man. Hey, man, I appreciate it for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you wanted to be episode sixty nine, so I think we'll uh, try to pull some strings. And make that happen for you. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> you know, I was just kind of kidding around, but hey, what better yeah. number to associate with a Woodstock podcast, right? Absolutely, man. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining the podcast. There you have it. Brett Katz, another survivor story in the can. Number 69 for him, just like he requested. Um, we're going to just keep this Woodstock train rolling with more survivor stories. If you have a story that you would like to... Tell on the podcast, uh, you can send us a DM on Instagram at podcast99. Um, you can send us an email at podcast99official at gmail.com. Sometimes we are a bit slow in reading the messages and emails, so we will try to get better with that. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like please check out our patreon patreon.com slash culture dumps throw us a little money helps keep this machine well oiled uh also you know five stars and a review we would kindly appreciate it and there you have it i'm parks miller with podcast 99 we will see you at woodstock